I, I think sometimes it's it's based on my experience where I'm like, well, I can't, I don't want her to go through what I did or have the same pain, right? We as parents always want our kids to have a happy, joyful life with no pain and no suffering. And so I think I do overreact sometimes. Other times I, I don't think I do. I feel like in so many ways, you're like a clone of me, like emotionally and developmentally. Like I do see that a lot where you react to something or you have a situation and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly how I would have reacted. Some of that is just mom you know, worry. And some of it is that I look at you and think, you're just another version of me. You just didn't have all the trauma. In Your Element is a teen-hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring people. Our guests will include educators, creators, and changemakers who will reflect on their teen years what makes them feel the most in their element, and things they wish they had known as a teenager. In Your Element is a part of the Element Collective, the first gamified life skills mobile app for teen girls. Download the app to earn exclusive rewards and get connected directly with mentors like the guests that you'll hear from on the show. You will probably be on your phone anyway. It might as well be fun and productive, because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. Okay, guys. Well, of course, all of our guests are absolutely amazing. This one is super special to me because, well, She's my mom, the Brooke Jones. (laughs) And even though, of course, I am a little biased, she is actually a really, really cool human being. We get to talk about her TED Talk, her childhood, her work in kindness, and a few other things that randomly came up because, you know, my mom and I have really weird conversations. (laughs) Um, She and I also talk a lot. She and I both have ADHD, so we don't know how to stop a sentence. So today's episode will just be part one of two. So stick around for the rest of it. Also, just a quick warning. We talk quite a bit about mental health and the way that my mom has gotten help with it. We are absolutely not health professionals or therapists or psychiatric people. So please reach out to anybody who can support you if you feel that you need that support. You can also reach out to us and we can try to help you. As I said, we are not professionals, um, but we can also just send you some resources that we, that we really love and we respect. So yeah. All right. Enough about that stuff. (laughs) Here is my mom and me. Hi, mom. Hi, Abby. (laughs) How are you? I am doing great. I'm excited to be here. I'm I'm very honored to be on your podcast. (laughs) I'm so happy that you are doing this with me. I mean, you are 
the inspiration for me to be doing all of these things. So I really appreciate you helping me along with this. I, I am way. excited to do it. And I, I have watched you uh, do an amazing job so far. <laughs> so I can't wait to hear all the podcasts. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> um, okay, so for our listeners, because most of these questions I will not be asking for me, I will be asking for the listeners, uh, because I know basically everything about you. <laughs> so for our listeners, um, tell us who you are, basically, what you do and what your life has been like. Give me the dirty details, Mom. Okay, well, I'll give you a, a brief... <laughs> a brief uh, Description. I am the vice president at the Random Acts of Kindness Foundation. It's a small nonprofit uh, in Denver, and I've been there for 10 years. Um, aside from that, I do some life coaching, and um, I'm writing a book, and mm -hmm. I am your mom. So, like, those are probably the most important things to describe my life. I would have said the mom part was first, but. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> um. Tell us some more about your book, because I don't even know that much about it, and I want to know some more. So. Okay, that's a good point. I haven't talked to you much about it. Yeah. Um, let's see. My book is uh, it's called Better, and it is about being a better parent. Um, not a great parent, not a perfect parent, but a better parent. And it's essentially 50 ways to connect with your child or children. Um, in various ways. So all of it is a little bit of work that you do along the way. You're going to, you're going to bake, you're going to do art, you're going to do things outside, you're going to have physical activity, all kinds of things to engage with your child, um, and create a stronger connection. And all of it is based on, um, neuroscience and, and various uh, resources that um, scientifically are proven to work to create better connections. Cool. And uh, you're learning all of that from me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. We know who you are now, at this current moment in your life. Um, tell us more about what you were like when you were younger, what you were like as a teenager, what you were like as a child. Mm. Well, <laughs> so there are different, very different stages of life for me. When I was a kid, um, a childhood was not great for me. It was, um, it's difficult. I had, um, my father was an alcoholic and a drug addict and he was abusive in various ways to me and my brothers so, you know, it was rough, rough childhood, but um, my mom remarried and uh, my stepdad, who later adopted me, has, you know, really become my, my guiding um, male role model in my life. He's a wonderful human being, as you know. <laughs> and, um, and so I think, you know, we moved away from my childhood home in Colorado to California and um, as a teenager, it's funny, I we've talked about this, but uh, I really enjoyed my teen years. I loved <laughs> middle school, and I think I may be the only person uh, ever. that ever loved middle school, but I really <laughs> did. Um, I can't say I loved high school as much, but but uh, yeah, I just was like, I had my friend group, and I 
stuck with it and I didn't pay much attention to what was happening um, around me in terms of drama and popularity and, and all that stuff. Your high school years were pretty boring, except for your rockin' mullet. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was middle school. That was middle school. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, well, I realize that this isn't as much of when you were uh, a teenager, but I know that you were pretty consistently surrounded by chaos when you were young. I mean, three older brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um. And everything going on there. Um, do you notice that the way that you were raised and everything that happened then, do you notice that affecting you still? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I think that there are things that have, have come through uh, in life that maybe I wouldn't have attributed to that time, but like, I like order in my life. Yeah. Um, probably very much in reaction to the chaos that that was happening around me. You know, my mom was no matter what was going on with older brothers and everything else, she was very um orderly. Like the house was never a mess and um we always had a meal and sat down together as a family at the dinner table no matter what was going on. And so I value that, even though like you and I don't always sit at the table or <laughs> like never sit at the table, but, mm. um, but I do value orderliness, uh, yeah. because I feel like when things are in some form of disorder, it's, it's very, uh, it, it causes me a lot of anxiety, a lot yeah. of anxiety. So even silly things like when I tell you to take your shoes upstairs, it's because I'm literally, <laughs> I'm literally like, okay, things are getting out of order and it's chaotic in my mind. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think it certainly comes through in various ways. Yeah. Obviously you mentioned anxiety, which is something that you and I have both struggled with quite a lot in our lives. Um, mental health obviously is just something that has is a thing in our family. Um, mm -hmm. Were you aware of that when you were younger, like mental health and um, things like that? No, no, I, I wasn't aware of any of it. I think it's, it's probably why I lean into it so much now yeah. because yeah. I feel like what a revelation um, to understand your mind and, your body and how they work together and all the things that surround it, whether it's, you know, your physical activity and nutrition, whatever. I think that, uh, it was like a real, real revelation when you were born and I had postpartum depression and somebody could label it for me and yeah. make me feel like I wasn't crazy, yeah, you know, this is that normal, yeah, that like mm -hmm. a lot of people have this and you're not a horrible person and you, um, you, you can get better and there's ways to do it and there are resources and tools and things you can do. And it was like, Oh, so I don't have to suffer, you know, the way I did, I think as a kid, I, people didn't, certainly when I was a kid, there wasn't that I was aware of, there was no talk about mental health and yeah. treating children for mental health disorders, you know, it was just like, 
you were weird if you weren't, you know, sort of fitting into the crowd and, right. and that was it. You were just weird and they, you didn't do anything about it. You didn't take your kid to a doctor about it. You know, you only took your kid to the doctor if they broke their arm. Right. Yeah. I I think, I mean, kind of unrelated. I think that's something that our society is doing amazingly now is like treating mental health as physical health. Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I'm, I'm very, very happy that there's such a focus on it now. Yeah. Um, looking back, would you say that you are now able to see signs of mental health issues um, in yourself when you were younger, now knowing what that looks like? I think so. Um, you know, I, it's funny, even with everything that was going on with me as a child, uh, I did not feel depression or anxiety. Like, I was a pretty happy kid, even with what was going on. I I feel like I'm super in tune to it now. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, when some, something's going on with you, for instance, <laughs> I'm hyper aware of like, this is not something to be left alone or, uh, you know, there are times where I'm like, oh, okay, she broke up with somebody and this will pass and it's sad and that's normal. And, you know, but then there's other times where I'm like, she's, she's clearly suffering and, and I feel very in tune with you, but in tune with the the fact that um, there are resources and ways to get help. But no, I you know I look I look back as a child and as a teen, and I don't think I I really had too much of that going on until I was a bit older. I think yeah. the first time I really felt it was when I was eighteen. Um, it was the first time I felt depression and. It was that sort of uncontrollable, like, I don't know why I always feel sad. I don't know why I can't stop crying. There's nothing triggering me. I'm just sad all the time. And I, I remember at the time thinking, I don't, I don't know how to get out of this. And, um, but I didn't, I didn't know enough about mental health or how to get help at the time. I mean, obviously you have gotten better since you were 18. <laughs> Um, what has helped you to not be completely happy all the time, but just to be better <laughs> most mm -hmm. of the time? So I think, you know, the things that most people would tell you that have helped me. So medication helped yeah. me tremendously. Um, but I didn't want to be on medication because I, you know, I, I often feel like medication is, it doesn't solve the problem. Um, in my case, it helped uh, with sort of my neurotransmitters and all that kind of stuff. It, it did help, but uh, therapy and um, for me, a lot of it is really stepping back from whatever situation, trying to look at it from the outside in and saying, you know, in a moment where like, for instance, during the pandemic, I was... I was really scared at the beginning of it. You know, I was like, Oh my God, are we all going to mm -hmm. die? What's going to happen? And I, um, I really stepped outside and thought we have so much here to be grateful for. Like we have shelter, we have food, we have toilet paper. Um, mm -hmm. we have all the things that we need. And, and that's often what helps me the most is to really step outside and say, okay, how bad is it really? And, um, what are all the good things 
that are happening around me. And that's, that is often what takes me out of it where I'm like, okay, there's so much more good in my life than there is bad. And most of what I, I certainly know through my life that everything bad that happens passes, you know, and I'm pretty resilient. And I think that mm-hmm. comes from being able to look back at trauma um, as a growth opportunity versus um, something to weigh you down. Yeah. Something to, something to make me yeah. feel even worse. Yeah. I think you have, you have always done that. And it's something that I admire a lot about you. <laughs> um, so I want to go back to something that you said earlier, which was how you're hyper aware of uh, when things are happening with me. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that considering your past, does that make you more aware of things going on with me? And does that cause you to sometimes overreact with different things happening with me? Uh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, for sure. I know, I know that too, because I, I think I check myself often when I I react and then, you know, talk to your dad and then he's like, what's the big deal? Why are you freaking out? And so I, I think sometimes it's, it's based on my experience where I'm like, well, I, I don't want her to go through what I did or have the same pain, right? We as parents always want our kids to have a happy, joyful life with no pain and no suffering. And so I think I do overreact sometimes. Other times I, I don't think I do. I feel like in so many ways, you're like a clone of me, <laughs> like emotionally and developmentally, like, I do see that a lot where you react to something or you have a situation and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly how I would have reacted. (laughs) Some of that is just mom, you know, worry. And some of it is that I look at you and think you're just another version of me. You just didn't have all the trauma. And so I don't want you to have it. It's funny. I, I think it was when you turned nine, I think it was nine. And I put up a Facebook post that was like super emotional for me. Cause I said, I just wanted to get you to the age of nine without living trauma. the trauma that I did up to the age of nine. And I was like, now I don't know what to do because we did that successfully got you to nine years old without that Perfect kind of nine trauma. Years. Yeah. And I was like, well, I feel like my job is done here. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> So yeah, now I think the teen years have definitely been the hardest years for me. I, I've never had so much anxiety and fear and sadness and but like joy and pride and all all the things. Like I don't think I've had as much emotion in your whole life <laughs> about you than I have in the past in the last two year or two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree. I uh, what. Uh, specific events, I mean, without going into too much detail, cause those, like, more extreme emotions in you about me? Um, I think, you know, it's funny. I was just thinking about this, like, a night or two ago, because there were many, many nights where I I would literally fall asleep crying because I was like, I feel like, uh, I don't know the right words, like, you're growing up and growing away, and as absolutely natural as I know that that is. I was like, there is such a grief process as a parent that I was not ready for at all. People said it. They were like, 
you know, there's a, there's a period here where they really start to grow away from you and they don't want anything to do with you and they want to be with their friends and they, you know, they're embarrassed by you. And I was like, that's never going to happen. <laughs> and then it started to, where it was like, okay, well, you're going over to your friends, you know, and babysitting and all the things where I'm like, this is more time that she's, you know, growing into an independent person. And it's really hard because there's a big side of me that's like, this is awesome. I'm so proud of you. I want this to happen for you. And then there's another side of me that's like, oh my God, I have like two and a half years left before she goes off to college and that's it. And like, this relationship will never be the same again. Not not that it's going to be bad, but like that closeness changes. So I think that that's what's been the hardest. It's not like a one specific incident. It's just been yeah. um, the independence, you growing into an independent person, which I really have, I think I'm better now, but, mm-hmm. but it's been a real struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so too. I mean, I can, I see it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we should just pause right here. We've had a chance to talk a little, a little about me in your life. And because of course I am a big part of your life, but I want to dive in some more about you and your work and what you do at Rack or Random Acts of Kindness, because I know that's also a big part of your life and it's a part of you getting to be in your element. So everyone, stay tuned next time as we come back to hear more from my mom and about her passions and even a little bit about her TED Talk. We'll see you next time.